Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is the match review. Newcastle drew 1-1 with Wolves down at the Molyneux to come home to Tyneside with what many might say is an undeserved point. We're going to hear from Kieran Kelly and Lee Ryder to discuss all the game's talking points on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and thanks for tuning in. Andrew Musgrove here. And another point on the board for Newcastle United. 1-1 thanks to Jacob Murphy, who was Newcastle's man of the match. In an unusual right wing-back role for him. First time he's played there for Newcastle United. But even before he grabbed the 88th minute equaliser from a very well-worked free kick, he was the man who stood out defensively and creatively. Not that there was many chances created for the likes of Callum Wilson, who was very isolated up top and Alan St. Maxim struggled to get into the game. It was a team sheet that confused many at uh, the kickoff with Ryan Fraser and Al Miron in alongside Alan St. Maxim. Questions of who's going to play where, uh, whether it was going to be five at the back. In the end, it was with Fabian Cher, Federico Fernandez, and Jamal Lascelles, the three centre-backs, Jamal Lewis, and like we say, Jacob Murphy over on the right. Uh, Alan St. Maximum, as Steve Bruce put it, had a free roll, but Wolves marked him out of the game, essentially, and he really struggled to insert his dominance on games as he has done before, like we saw in the Manchester United game, where he just created absolute havoc. Didn't quite work for him today, uh, but the positive, like we say, is Jacob Murphy. And he looks like he's thrown the gauntlet down to those players who maybe would have played right wing back in many people's books had they been given the chance to choose. Uh, be interested to see whether the, the same formation is used against Everton next week. But for the meantime, we're talking about Sunday evening's game. We're now going to hear from Lee Ryder, who's down at the Molyneux. So there's no doubt which team will be the happier with a point at Molyneux tonight. Um, Newcastle United getting back on the bus now and heading for their flight, knowing that they're fortunate to take something from this game. Um, the tactics, what can you say really? One day they're going to run into a team who are going to have the shooting boots on, they're going to be sharp and they're going to take these chances and they're going to end up getting trounced. But ultimately today, um, they managed to stay in the game. Um, Carl Dollar making some decent saves um, throughout the match to, to give him that platform to nick it right at the end. And nothing wrong with Murphy's free kick. He's worked very hard here in training to get his chance. He was rewarded with it. And when the big moment come up, um, he grasped that chance with both hands. But uh, this is a great point for Newcastle in some ways because uh, look for so long like they were going to, you know, eventually collapse in this match and take nothing from it. But they'll take a point. It's one that might stack up for them um, going in these cold winter months. Uh, but Newcastle United take a point here at Molyneux and, um, as I say, leave here much happier with the two teams. So Lee Ryder there down in the Midlands. And he's right, out of the two teams, it will be Newcastle heading home happier, having rescued a point. But for me, 
Wolves just didn't make the dominance play. In the second half, they were the better side. And while Newcastle did defend rather well, at times it was backs against the wall. I mean, Lascelles actually, I thought, had a really good game. He looks more comfortable in a three, I think. Uh, a couple of really good headers, important blocks, interceptions. But there were players that really tormented Newcastle. Padance, before he got substituted, had a really good game, I felt. And Wolves, while not creating an abundance of chances, uh, they did have chances, I thought, to to take more than uh, a two-goal lead or to win by more than two goals. Neto missed a really good chance really early on and someone of his quality should be getting that on target, but he put it into the stands and it felt him and as in the end to, to take the lead for Wolves. But they had more possession. They looked more threatening in that second half, but just couldn't build on that threat, on that dominance. And that allowed Newcastle, who really until they conceded, hadn't really got out of their own half in the second half. And it wasn't until Jimenez scored that they started going forward and attacking Wolves and taking the game to them a little bit, a few crosses um, into the box before Callum Wilson was fouled and the free kick and Murphy obviously getting the equaliser. But I don't think it's, it's a performance where well, it's not a performance that will live long in the memory and it's not one where you can really see Newcastle played particularly well. It was a case, in my opinion, of Wolves just not making the most of the dominance, as I say. We'll now hear from NUFC writer Kieran Kelly to get his views on the game. Kieran, Newcastle get a point. Didn't look like they were going to, um, given Wolves scored so late on. A deserved point for you or was it, was it another case of Newcastle rode their luck a bit and... Wolves, and in my opinion, were quite wasteful in the second half. They didn't create too many chances, but I felt they should have had maybe more than one, and that allowed Newcastle to get in and, and nick an equaliser. Yeah, I mean, um, it kind of felt to me like Newcastle would have been delighted with a nil-nil. You know, you you looked at the game with eleven minutes to go. Wolves have been kind of restricted to shooting from distance and I thought Newcastle defensively were a lot better today. It's just the balance wasn't there in that going forward they, they really struggled to create and it's yes, they were missing kind of the ball winners and you're missing Shelby and, and, and things like that. But um just Newcastle really struggled to create and I think as long as that's an issue in a game, um, it's always dangerous because you're basically relying on your defence to keep Wolves at bay. And while Wolves weren't at their best today, people like Jimenez and Neto are, you know, brilliant players and really can hurt you even from distance. And you saw ultimately with Jimenez's goal that, yeah, Darlow arguably, you know, probably being a harsh critic of himself will feel he should have done better for that. But, um, it kind of is just the danger when you invite and invite like that. And if you have eight men behind the ball, it's it's one thing defending like that, but eventually, you know, the opposition are gonna have that moment. And I thought Newcastle, to be fair, you know, they they win a free kick and you know, I know Wolves uh have now not seen a, a team of that standard not be able to put a wall together. <laughs> um but it's a great piece of thinking from Murphy, you know, it shows his confidence and uh, it's, it's a really, you know, uh, kind of, this is the thing with Newcastle, it's a bonkers team past 15 months, but how many times have we seen this kind of where they can just pull it, get an equaliser at the death and get a big point and, you know, you have to give them credit for that in one way. Um, but yeah, it was just a, a kind of a, a strange approach today. It just felt like they kind of 
they're missing those midfielders and guys had to fill in and we know what Fraser and Amiron can do going forward but they ultimately were having to track back and that's really kind of the issue going forward is can they have it where defensively they're solid like they were today but also that they can pose a threat going forward that's the balance they're they're still searching for and what did you make of the team when you you saw it <laughs> caught a few people by surprise yeah. um obviously the news now that John Joshelvy is going to be missing for at least four weeks because he's going to have an operation tomorrow on his on his hernia um yeah but I think a lot of people were caught out by the team. There was a lot of questions of who's actually going to play right wing back. Um, in the end, Jacob Murphy ended up playing then. was one of the match for me. Um, he did quite well in a new role, but also was quite um, attacking creative, which is easy to say when there wasn't much created, but um, he did try and feed Cal Wilson yeah. a few few balls into the, into the box. What did you make of that team when you first saw it? Yeah, I was like yourself. I was, you know, you do the little diagrams in your head when you see a team sheet. And to be fair, it's rare with Newcastle where you're really thrown. You know, you you generally know, okay, it's going to be the, this kind of setup where you're looking at it and you're adding the pieces up and you're like, well, who's going to play there then? And if it's four at the back, how the hell are they? Who's going to play in midfield and stuff? So um, in some ways, it didn't surprise me that they went five at the back because Wolves, you know, they're one of the best teams in the Premier League with that system. Um and, you know, it served Newcastle well, but um, as I was saying, it's kind of just the problems they had with five at the back before they changed to four at the back in the spring, where they just still struggle to create going forward. And um, that's, I mean, I to, you're looking at it in one way, and I'm, I'm just looking at the injuries they've had and, probably isn't healthy that Shelby was was playing on with an injury like that for for so long but he's it's kind of what he does isn't it it's weird <laughs> um and then you look at how he's he's obviously been very careful with Hayden that's the right thing to do in long stuff of course a tonsillitis so he hasn't been playing much lately so they were kind of in a, a weird position where they just didn't have that many available midfielders and he's had to adapt the system and play kind of Fraser and Almiron as, as two two number eights effectively and I think to get the result was the important thing but I'd be amazed if that system and that personnel I'd, I'd be amazed if it's an unchanged team uh, against Everton next week but I think he'll certainly maybe look at using five at the back more because um, I think any of those teams who are kind of finished above Newcastle um Last season, I think you you look at the attacking players they have and feel that if Newcastle can be really solid defensively, uh, you can keep them out. But the key is just obviously getting the attacking players going because Sam Axman, when he has an off day, it just seems they don't really have another idea, and, and that's the problem. You mentioned that in your your five things that uh, he was kind of crowded out. Alan Sam Axman was against Wolves and. That is probably the case for many teams. If you if you do manage to um, do that to Anson Max when you yeah. nullify Newcastle's threat, really, and it was it was the case today, and it was he must have been very frustrated. And we saw Callum Wilson as well throwing his arms up once or twice, and he's going to have to learn as well that he's not always going to get four or five chances, and he probably had one decent chance today, which the defender recovered. It was a good ball in from 
Jacob Murphy, but he had a he looked a little bit isolated at times, and yeah. he's, he's maybe going to have to get used to that in in, in the next uh, few months coming up to turn of the year. Yeah, I mean it's to be fair to me, look at his efficiency so far for Newcastle and Remark with the amount of shots he's had and the amount of goals he's scored from them. I, I think he's he's been a, a really great signing already. It's just we're still kind of talking about Newcastle strikers in the similar way we have in the past two or three seasons, really, aren't we? That oh, they're isolated, they need help. And it's weird because you looked at that team as we were saying how confused we were, and you're like, Jesus, there's about five or six forwards on paper there, but it's one thing kind of putting them in a team. It's another kind of them having the, the license. And admittedly, Sam Maxman, he made the point of saying in the pre-match that he had a free role. It's rare a manager would say that before a game. That just shows you how, you know, he is the, the talisman. Not that we need a reminding of that. But um, I think going forward, it, that's what you want to see from Fraser and Almiron, that they would be able to play in the positions where the handbrake can be off. And if Sam Maxman isn't able to to work his magic that there's the space for them to step up because um, I think we know that they're at their best in the final third rather than having to track back Traore as they were having to do so um, yeah it'd be, it'd be really interesting to see how they play against Everton because uh, Everton really really impressive done really well in the summer but obviously Southampton showed that they can be got at so yeah, it'd be an interesting one coming up We've mentioned Shelby, you know, missing a day and he'd be missing at least the next four weeks through injury. What was quite striking today was the lack of creativity in that midfield. And look, the debate rages on about Shelby. Is he effective <laughs> enough? Does he turn up yeah. always? Look, I'm not I'm not waving the flag and saying yes, he does, but I think at least when he's playing, he is always looking for the pass. And whether it comes off is a totally different yeah. debate to be having. And today the ball seemed to go sideways or backwards more times than it went forward. And if you are Callum Wilson, you are looking for that one pass from Shelby out of maybe it is nine or ten, but you know it's you know it's there's always a chance. Yeah. Whereas I don't know I don't know how you felt, but Hendrick doesn't have that for me. And um yeah. it was Longstaff had a had a brief moment. There was a good little turn he got away. I think he actually got penalised for a free kick, but it, but the point is it's maybe a good chance for Longstaff to come back in, Matty Longstaff maybe might even get a yeah. um, a chance to prove himself. But without Shelby, they do seem to lack that that vision and that that creativity. Yeah, it's funny because I mean, I, I think this might have been the first Premier League game he's missed since maybe February. And when you put that into context of a guy who's obviously uh, you know he's having shockwave treatment. Um, to treat and uh, I think it was a tie issue going back a few years and he's just been almost like one of the first names on the team sheet without thinking for Bruce anyway <laughs> uh, the past you know whatever nine months and I think it's only when he's out of the team that maybe people realise yeah he, he has his limitations I think we'll all agree on that but there are certain things he can do that other midfielders can't do in that team and um, today was was an example that you know you think of um, there are a couple of examples where Wilson was actually getting in behind and, and his pace in behind was actually causing Wolves a couple of problems I thought we all know Shelby what he could do with Gale and the balls over the top and um, you know that 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 is a miss um, I just it'd be really he is he is I think even when he retires 
there will still be naturally Newcastle fans who just will not be sure on just what his legacy will be and, and how to how to look back on his time at the club and what he does or what he doesn't do. And um, I think the next few weeks probably will be an interesting one to look at. Will the midfield really suffer without him, as we saw today, arguably, in, in certain ways? Or will they find that combination that you could have maybe two kind of sitting midfielders who really, really sit and they're really disciplined and then it allows others to flourish even more. So uh, the next few weeks will be very, very telling on that, I think. Before we finish on a positive, let's just talk about Almiron. A lot of people felt he should have been in kind of the, the team for every game so far this season. Did he do enough to warrant that kind of opinion? I was one of them who thought, yeah, you know, he should have played the last few games. Yeah. Um, and Steve Bruce obviously was asked about it in the press conference and he spoke about it at length. Did he do enough for you today to start next weekend and, and so forth? I think what you expect of him he did you know we are nothing surprises you about him tracking back really so committed and you know team player and everything else um a couple of glimpses where you know he could run at people and i thought more than some maximum at times he was more direct and more effective but you also saw the other glimpses where um you know almost his feet are moving quicker than his head and that kind of um, blind alleys element of his play sometimes. But um, I think given the role he was given, you know, I don't think Bruce could have asked for much more from him. You know, he, he, he wasn't playing as a 10. I still believe his best position is as a 10. I think out wide he, he can get lost and get cornered and he does almost too much selfless work out wide. I think in 10 he can just... You know, that's where, in my opinion, he's played his best stuff for Newcastle, but it's just whether that position is really going to open up again for him, you know. Saying that, I mean, Bruce has played, I think, you know, so many different systems this season. And, um, you know, while today was five at the back, it was a different kind of five at the back to what we'd seen before. You know, it was five, three, one, one. And I think three or four players were out of position and having to chip in. So um, I think he'll... Um, you know, you're looking at it uh, against Everton. Would it be him? Would it be Fraser? Will they keep in the team? Um, how many of those really can you have in the starting lineup to be balanced? Well, I'd argue that Joe Linton, when he came on and based on the Manchester United game, didn't do any more to, to really say that Almiron should come out with the team, in my opinion. So um, I I would be a bit surprised if he, if he didn't start. I think we need to maybe see him get a run of starts now because when... When he came in on against West Ham, he stepped up and delivered an assist. When he started against Blackburn, he, he delivered an assist. And he's just been kind of in and out a bit too much. I think if we start to see him have a run of games again, um, that will only benefit them. And the positive is coming. I just want to ask you one final <laughs> question before we get to it. Obviously, Twitter, you know, it's a, kind of, <laughs> it's a small part of the Newcastle fan base, but it's always an interesting place to be after a game such as the one this evening. People are saying, look, it's just painting up, painting up, papering over the cracks, this this last minute um, equaliser from yeah. Jacob Murphy. But I guess the important point is, is that it's better to have that point in the bag and having this debate about Newcastle's style and, and lack of dominance over games than it is to be having it without. Um, yeah. 
And, and the important point is, look, welcome the point, but the debate about Newcastle is is still a deserved one. You still got to ask why they're not dominating games, why they're not creating chances. Um, and I suppose you know you got to look at the defence so and say, well, on one hand, they defended quite well this evening. Yes, we've then lost that attack, and yeah. I say we've lost it. I don't think Newcastle really <laughs> too much this season. But it's it's all about maybe treating. Everything, I don't know, is it treating everything kind of separately rather than saying, you know, because there is a bit of negativity despite the, Newcastle, the fact Newcastle drew 1-1. Yeah, it's it's always, it, it always feels like a referendum <laughs> at the end of these games, doesn't it? It's, um, I think, with Steve Bruce, unless he goes on a run of, of three wins in a row, which I don't think we can really see anytime soon, that's always going to be there, that element. And um, I think a lot of, you know, Twitter is almost taken on a added importance now because the fans aren't in the stadiums and um, the fans are always engaged in, in the stadium. You know, you think, I, I keep going back to this. I don't know why it keeps being in my head, but the, the Norwich home game in February, they were booed off and Bruce after the game openly or privately rather admitted, you know, he did not want to see his team play the way they did, you know, defended against the team bottom of the league, et cetera, et cetera. So I think for me, as I've said before, you know, I, you want to see Newcastle be able to take the game to teams more, particularly those teams in and around them. It's how you look at Wolves. You look at Wolves as a Europa League team who Newcastle should be competing with. Do you look at Wolves as a team they should be kind of, you know, being happy to get a point against? Um, and that that's kind of where it is. Our Newcastle kind of in between those two areas now where they're not, you know, a relegation team, but they're not quite at that ability to take on the top, top eight, top nine. And, um, you know, it's, it's a real balance. I, for one, I was glad Darla wasn't so busy today, but you don't want to see Newcastle so, so deep uh, as a result of that because um, I don't see the point in signing these brilliant forwards if you can't really get the most out of them. And that's the big challenge going forward because um, he's somehow got to find a system that retains both, as I said. And it's we've not really seen one yet consistently um, where you can say that system brings out the best of X, Y, Z, but also you don't lose what you have at the back. And... Uh, yeah, that's that's the big challenge. And Everton, you know, their their record against Everton not great in recent years. Um, and they're another kind of technical team where you just wonder will they be a bit setting off them again? And you know, could it be a similar game like today? And, and just hope to land a sucker punch. And uh, we don't want to see that every week, but you you're just kind of feeling that does Bruce have the confidence to really let them off the leash? Um, it's almost like a hangover from last season, you know, where he was so fearful about going to a back four. It kind of feels that even when they go to a back four, he still has that in mind. So I think it's going to be kind of small steps and just <laughs> clocking up points on the board, which which obviously isn't what Newcastle fans want to hear. But I think at this stage in the season, he's, he's, he's probably thinking like that. A work in progress. <laughs> um, the positive then, it's Jacob Murphy. We've already mentioned him, but... Let's just have yeah. another word for him to come in his first start in a long time um, and to perform 
in a role he's not used to. I know I think he played there a bit for Sheffield Wednesday, but it's definitely in a Premier League game. And, yeah. and also, it's his boyhood club and he knows this is probably his final chance to, to impress. He's been given a chance. He's in the squad. Didn't want to let him go out on loan. Yeah. Brilliant. Did remarkably, didn't he? And uh, obviously, to get the goal, very cheeky, very clever um, free kick. Yeah, false at the defence, false at the goalkeeper. But um, just an all-round, a good, good display. And now we just got to see him build on that. And it's funny because you mentioned there uh, what the team's going to be like uh, next weekend against Everton and and beyond that. If Bruce changes it, does Jacob Murphy stay in it? Do you think? Yeah, well, that's a tough one. I I, I think even before the goal, I thought he was there the real standout and I think that's that says it all you know defensively you know you're coming up against uh, some quality wingers you know that both their wingers switch sides so he, he faced both of them and he you know there was that one bit of skill that went viral that he was caught out with Fraser but he he did pretty well and then going forward as you mentioned you know those couple of crosses and passes to pick out Wilson and um, yeah I was really impressed because you know we He's, he's obviously the benefited from being away from Newcastle, as weird as that sounds. Uh, he's the big thing you notice with him is the confidence he has because he's, he's, he looks a player playing with confidence. And even when, you know, he's come on for cameos and maybe it's not been amazing, it's not like it's hit him. He, he seems to retain that confidence now, which is maybe the issue for him in the past. And I think... Um, Everyone can see how he's benefited from that Sheffield Wednesday one in particular. I think he ended the season with four and five, and he's just taken that on into the preseason. And there was no chance of him going out on loan again. And you look at him, at 25 now, um, theoretically, pre, you know, going into his best years. And I think it'd be if they go with the back five again. You have him and Lewis as wing backs. That's quite exciting. You know, they're both athletic, both. Uh, intelligent players and um, I th- I would think I'd be amazed if he was dropped next week part of me thinks he, he will go at the back five again um, and you know you, you can't really drop him you know it's funny <laughs> Newcastle have three you know recognised right backs who all made their Premier League squad yet it's a, a winger who hadn't played for them in nearly 700 days who kind of comes in and shows them how it's done so uh it's almost his spot to lose, so uh, you got to say that's that that's been the big story of the day, really. To to see, as you said, a boyhood fan who was in the wilderness in some ways, and to come back, uh, it, it was really really good to see. So, just a quick note: we're now over on YouTube at the Everything Is Black and White podcast, and if you're liking what you're hearing. Why not come and see what we're producing? We'd really like you to hit subscribe. We're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook. We'd really like the likes, the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support, we can't get very far. So thank you very much for listening.